guys, this is Lou Screws. I am Ty Worsham, and we got a hero of mine joining us this evening, and we have Astro from Down to Earth Astronomy joining us. And, Good evening, guys. <laughs> uh, with me, as always, is my co-pilot, Kai. How's it going there, buddy? Fantastic. How's it going this evening, Astro? Well, going great, apart from the small hiccups with power before we started, but yeah, now we're <laughs> up and running. <laughs> So, if you guys don't know, um, Astro runs Down to Earth Astronomy on YouTube, and That's he correct. he has number one. He is pretty much the authority on the numbers behind Elite, and he plays a lot of other space games. Um, one of the most funnest videos, one of my most funnest videos, I recently watched you do was your live stream about the Blunderbuss uh, Chieftain, and yeah, that was. That's, that's... Uh, was it last week that went up or something like that? Yeah, yeah, I think that was was last week. The uh, yeah, it was no, that was the week before last week, but yeah, it was very recent. Yeah, w watching that thing with Sato Scramblers just uh, just completely destroy an Anaconda in like twenty seconds was amazing. That's yeah, a fun build. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of those ships that's just like the idea behind it was it was not supposed to be practical or be something you would actually take out if you wanted to go and do PVE. It was just something that would like if it worked for ten minutes or thirty seconds, then it would be just fine because yeah, it's just meant to be fun and uh, and I think at least on that part it, it succeeded. I'm just I've had a lot of fun flying that thing. <laughs> so how how did you how did you come to Elite or how did you learn about it or how long have you been playing it? Oh, yeah. I started back before Horizons, back in in the well, not originally, but the, the first uh, iterations of uh, of, uh, of Elite Dangerous, and I can't even remember how I how I picked it up. I mean, space and astronomy has always been a, a huge hobby of mine, so I guess it was natural that when when a space game like Elite comes out, it would at some point it would catch my interest uh, and I would notice, I can't actually remember where I've heard about it, um, but I know that it, I was, I come in after the game was released, so I was not in doing all the pieces and the Kickstarter and all that stuff, um, but I can't remember how I actually got started, but it's one of those, you know, I got started and got instantly hooked and just, well, kept playing. <laughs> what, um, so, so, I'm sure you're aware of Star Citizen, and I yes, I don't think I've seen you do a video on Star Citizen. No, I've done the only thing I've done with Star Citizen was a one-hour segment doing a ten-hour live stream about a year and a half ago now. <laughs> so okay, <laughs> what, those pretty rough days for that game. Yeah, what what, what I, so I'm not a Star Citizen fan. I'm kind of the belief that the game will never come to fruition. I'm just curious. What's your standoff about uh, Star Citizen? So I've always been like, I know after the, I don't know, was it 3.8 or whatever that update is called, um, that they are not set, they will no longer reset after every update, like rollback progress, so you start from scratch every time. Right. Um, but it's always been like, I've never been a huge fan of like the the insane overpricing in my mind on some of the commodities that that they have in the game the game is itself is is promising but 
I just want to see something that's closer to a finished game before I'm going to dive too much into it. I mean, I, I have considered after the latest patch to to take a look at it because they're now at least one step closer to uh, to maybe not a release, but at least something that you would uh, would consider a, a finished game now that they're not... Um, now that they're not resetting after every patch. So I have considered going back and having a look at it. But until then, I've just decided to queue, like stay away from it until yeah, the game becomes a, a proper release, <laughs> at least closer to it than it is right now. I, I, I find myself in the category with that game of, I'm a huge fan of that game. I want so desperately for it to succeed and to do well. And I'm also skeptical that that will happen. Yeah. I, I I would agree with that. I mean, I would really like to see Star Citizen succeed. I would like to see them someday say, this is it, guys. This is version 1.0. There you go. This is what we're going to call the first version of Star Citizens. That would be amazing if we got that because it has promise and it does a lot of good things from what I can see from, like, without actually playing it myself. But, again, I'm still not sure if that ever going to happen. And, you know, even if it did happen, I don't... Some people like to be in this category i feel like we're in a weird time in the world where you have to be on team this or team that and if you're on mm. team this that means you hate all other and if you're on team that then you must you know naysay all other and i i just don't agree i am a space nerd i like flying spaceships i like doing dumb stuff and for me if if star citizen came out and it was amazing and it was everything that i dreamed and want it to be I will definitely buy it. I will definitely play and enjoy it. I will have so much fun in their, you know, 12 planet system or whatever, doing all kinds of stuff. And it's all like handcrafted, you know, look at this forest and there's frogs of alien frogs or like whatever. And I will have so much fun with that for a couple hours. And then I will still load up Elite because this has millions of planets and, and star systems or whatever. It has a, a one-to-one you know, uh, a version of the galaxy out there for me to play in. So, like, I could definitely enjoy both. There's nothing to say that I can't enjoy, you know, a burrito and also a steak. They're, they're two great things. So what? Yeah, exactly. So, I have to ask you something. How did you, how did you decide that the cucumber was your build, or, or the name of your ship in the green? How did you just settle on that? You you cut out the bit there, but so regarding the cube company name, um, it was uh, basically a bad decision because we were, I was building this by PVE Corvette and I haven't really decided on a name yet. Uh, I've decided I wanted to go with like a greenish theme for um, for the, the the paint job for it, and I think we was doing a live stream that I was asking. So guys, come up with names for it, like come up with suggestions for names because I don't know what this ship should be called yet. And people began writing uh, writing names in chat, uh, and somebody suggested the cucumber because, well, it was long and it was green, and people really seemed to like that. And since it's just stuck ever since, and it's the same with many of the other builds um, that's been named in similar fashions doing live streams. When when people have suggested names, and then something just seems to stick, and and that's what they end up calling. The same way why my mining ship is called the Gold Digger, and uh, Blunderbuss was named in a similar fashion as well. <laughs> that's that is so crazy i would have for sure thought that the idea the reason why it was called cucumber because is you know the build that build for a vet is it's built to run cool 
so cool as a cucumber in my head. I was like, oh, that's what he means by that. I, I had no idea that it came from, you know, that it was just but happenstance. It might be that the person who made the suggestion made that train of thought. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. So let me ask you this question. Your last build, or the last build I saw you, your last live stream that I saw uh, was where you were uh, working on a, a PVE sniper ship. Mm-hmm. And there used to be this game called Independence War. And um, they had this one gun on there that actually had a zoom. And it was the first game I remember, first place game I remember playing where I had Newtonian physics. And uh, it had it actually had a sniper rifle in as one of the weapons. Like you, it was a, a gun on a ship. It had a zoom. And you could, you could pick off like shields and stuff at range. It was like a one-shot thing. You know, it was a sniper rifle. And mm -hmm. I've, I've so long I've wanted Elite to put in something like that. I just want to zoom so we can zoom in on things sometimes. But you got me, I was watching your stream, you got me thinking about different builds and stuff. So I'm starting to work on a little sniper build of my own now. Uh, yeah. What was your, like, when you, when you decided to do that, what was your line of reasoning for wanting to do that? Did you have some inspiration behind that or... Yeah, I, uh, it's 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 not that deep. I just did the the blunderbuss build, which was very much up close and in your face, and it's one load you know on the day to commute back from work. And I thought, well, if you can go up close and personal, and that's a ton of fun. Could you make something in in the similar mindset where it doesn't have to be practical, it doesn't have to be specifically useful. It just has to be. Can you do something that's fun at long range in the complete opposite? Just go out to like six plus kilometers maybe maybe like five to six kilometers that kind of range and see if we can get some damage in from that range and do something silly like uh, like i was working with on the, on the live stream like what if we went with cannons with force shield just kept pushing people back every time they try to approach us was, was, would that be a viable option i'm not sure if it is but and there will have to be some more testing done we're gonna go down that route but yeah it was just well if you can go up close and personal why would you be able to go long range I, I I can't wait to see like what you end up coming up with because I'm that's something I'm very interested in. I really want to. Uh, I can't wait for part two. <laughs> That'll come eventually. So um, I do want to ask you about the creators roundtable that you participated in. I guess about a month ago now. Uh, mm -hmm. um, I know you sat down with the pilot and I believe was it Obsidian Ant and Yamix or. No, I don't think Obsidian was in no, on the last he, one. Yamix was. It was the pilot, Yamix, um, me, and... There was another. Pure? It wasn't exigious for this one. It was no, it was, it was um, uh, what from Sidcast Pjork. Yeah. I believe. Well, so... I, I bring that up because, like... how Do, do you think... Do you think that... that frontier actually kind of listens to stuff like that or do you think that they're they're more interested in their forums i definitely think that frontier is is way more interested in their forums than they are on what's happening on uh, on youtube and on twitch and reddit and that kind of thing I, it's it's improved definitely it depends what the, the point of view but they have definitely been paying more attention to other social platforms than uh, than the forum and I think because Frontier realized that the group of people that you hear when you read a forum post is a very different group of people 
that you hear if you read a comment section under a YouTube video or on Reddit or all the other like, people go to different type of people like look for different platforms. Um, and that's why you have uh, have like nicknames like forum bats and other like similar nicknames for people in other another social media is because people are like very different have very different point of view and people tend to gravitate towards platforms where people have the same point of view as you it seems mm -hmm. so i think that's why frontiers i hope at least that's why they're beginning to to pay more attention to what's going on i'm not sure if they listen specifically to uh, um to the round table um but i'm pretty sure they at least keep an eye on what's going on on youtube and and Twitch and Reddit and all the other platforms that people post stuff on. So for that for that roundtable, I actually watched your live stream of it, mm -hmm. and I I got to admit, I left several times. Uh, I would pause it and I would kind of go away and do some stuff, and then I would come back because, and and please don't take this as me, you know, being negative to anyone or whatever. I I like Yamix. I, I like a lot of his viewpoints, but I feel like he's kind of moved into this. He's he's gotten stronger and stronger in this sort Did of I just... character. Sorry. What what's going on? Hello. Hello. Can you hear us? Hello. Hello. Oh, hey, sorry. Mike. I just I just lost oh. you there for a second. I have some issues on my end. Apparently, still. <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> Okay, so uh, just uh, to walk it back to the beginning there, I, I, I watched the stream. I kind of took a couple of breaks in between the stream. Uh, yeah. I, I don't mean to be negative at all. I like Yamix, uh, but I feel like he's growing stronger and stronger into this sort of larger-than-life kind of outrage character of, of sort of negativity. It's like it's his shtick, and I get it that that's, his, that's the thing that he's doing. But I, I just have to take little breaks because the salt content is too high, and then I come back and, and keep going from there. Mm. Um, and I, I felt like there were a few times in watching your stream. There were a few times where I kind of because I was watching you were kind of going around doing your thing while while the conversation was going on, and uh, I, I, I don't I don't know how to say it other than like I I like the idea of a roundtable. I wish maybe sometimes there were some roundtables with a little less salt <laughs> yeah I, I you're definitely not the first uh, uh, i've heard with the with that point of view and i mean it's people like different types of, of when it comes to content creators of course the the personality is, is a big thing of it right so when you do these kind of things and me and yamix are pretty much as night as day when it comes to the, the style of videos we do yamix do more like uh sketch gets uh like ranting kind of videos um i try to keep a more more positive uh outlook and and even though my me and yamix has a, has a different way of making videos i mean we still I, we still talk like outside of roundtable stuff within and for various projects and stuff like that and and i mean he's a good guy and i can understand why some people may be wouldn't like his type of content wouldn't be his like their cup of tea but yeah when you do round tables like that you have to yeah you mix audience and then obviously there will be someone who, who who 
doesn't like a particular person who's on or maybe don't like the style and there will always be someone if i have someone watching my stream who would prefer that i got more uh, airtime on the round table and i would expect on the other end their live stream they would also have that their preferred content creator had more airtime on on the round tables so it's it's a balancing act i guess and and i can understand it and Having having said that, man, I, I I even appreciate his viewpoint on a lot of the things. It's just when then you go like sort of overboard on hitting it that it's like, okay, I get it. You're doing your shtick. It's mm. you know, but <clears throat> I I I still a lot of times look at the the germ of what it is that he's seeing and and making an observation on, and I, I have to say, well, okay, you're not wrong. No, it's just a method of of delivering it. That's for sure. different. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Like, um, so when we had the September update, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe and we, you know, the, the, the September update and then the petition went out. Um, correct me if I'm no. wrong, you signed the petition, correct? No. Okay. I mistake then. I, I, mis I mis misremember that. What do you think about that petition going the way it was presented to FDEV and their, and their response? so i agree with a lot of the viewpoints in the petition um and i was also part of that was created a, a whole like discord for like planning and then all that stuff around that thing and i was part of that and i was also part in the in the early stages but one of the discussions that went on very early on was like okay which direction are we going with this is it going to be like we're going to do an in-game like quote-unquote strike uh like some in-game event to show Frontier um, to, to raise awareness around the, the points that you want to get through. Of course, the petition uh, open letter thing was up and it was also discussed that we would go with a more, at least start off with a more closed off approach where we directly approach Frontier and say, hey guys, we are a large group of content creators and community leaders from various like third party tools and communities and all that stuff who want to talk to you because we have some concerns. I was personally in favor of the last one, like starting with to approach Frontier directly, try to take a, a chat with them. I come out as a group, as a big group saying, we really need to talk about this. Um, and at the end, it came up to a vote and the vote was in favor of, uh, of the open letter. Um, I personally was not a big fan of that, uh, of that method. So that's why I ultimately decided not to sign the, uh, the petition even though I may still agree with many of the points that were listed in that letter. Yeah. This, this, I've, I agree with a lot of the stuff in the letter. I don't agree with the way it was delivered. And that's, that's my, that, that's my irritation with it. So that's exactly my, my, my point. I, I, I agree with a lot of stuff, but I'm not sure about the delivering method was, was the right way to go. But I mean, down the road, we, we must look at it now and we say, well, they, they have, they did a beta for, for the January update. They have said they'll do betas for, for the coming updates. The, the rest of at least so far, I think it's the half of the year, at least until January. I don't know, I would expect there would probably be a beta for, um, um, for the big update later on, if not multiple, when we come to the end of the year. So, I mean, something has changed, but again, you can always, some people have, have raised the question, well, would this have happened regardless of the letter? Um, and well, we can't know, we can only guess. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. How do you, what's your opinion on what they're doing with fleet, fleet carriers? 
I was very surprised when they announced there were going to be personal fleet carriers, at first at least. And the more I began thinking about it, the more sense it began to make. Uh, because I think the way it was proposed at first was you would have to be in a squadron with at least five members before you could even attempt to build a fleet carrier. That's going to cut off a large section of the player base because there's a lot of lone wolves playing elite who just want to play for themselves and who don't necessarily want to tie themselves into a squadron with a group of five people. Uh, so that means the fleet carriers would essentially just be something that the larger communities would own because realistically no one or very few people, I know one, but very few people would have five accounts for Elite Dangerous to create a personal one. So I, I understand why they made it a personal thing, but then I'm still thinking, so if a fleet carrier is now a personal thing and fleet carriers was kind of the thing that made squadrons make sense to me when they were introduced, then you're kind of left with this squadrons that is like... What I mean, what is the purpose of squadrons now? I mean, mm -hmm. they are there, and you can get a fancy tag on your ship next to your name, and then that's it. Share uh, I don't bookmarks. share book. Yeah, okay, you can that's share it. bookmarks. <laughs> that's yeah, it. it's so lame. I mean, little. So, so yeah, it it could be useful for like the the big expeditions, like uh, when when people go out on like months and months and months, if they want to share bookmarks. But that's not something you could have done with a text file and then just copy and paste it in. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So with, when, when all of that came about with the, 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 the open letter and the, the petition, whatever, I watched each step of the way on that. And I also did not sign the petition. Um, and I feel like in, also in listening to that roundtable discussion that you, the pilot was also a part of it, I could hear the sadness in his voice, man, of that <clears throat> this was an idea that started that he was one of like uh, the, the main sort of factors in in the beginning. But that the initial drafts of that and the way that it started, I feel, was much more respectful mm, to I frontier agree. development. It was much more of a, hey, we're a group of fans. We love you. We love your game. We have concerns. We'd like to talk about it in a respectful and constructive manner, and we would like things to be good. And then I think along the process, the sort of movement got hijacked or it, it, it got diverted a little bit, and the tone and the tenor of the final product was, you know, just the tone was entirely different. It, it, it lost that love and respect and admiration, and... That's why I didn't end up signing it. And it's, I mean, when you collect a big group of, of people who have very different point of view of, of how to progress, I mean, there was, of course, everybody from people who just want to have a general like chat with Frontier about okay, what, what are we going to do from here? We're actually, we are here as the player base and we really want, as anybody else, this game to succeed to be the best that it can be. And what happened after the September update was obviously not ideal. But you also have the other side who just want to watch the world burn uh, kind of approach to it. And I, I guess you ended up somewhere in between the two. And I can understand if you started off hoping that this would be something else and it wants to be something and it became something else down the road and that you can feel a little, well, disappointed maybe. I don't know if, if that's the right word, but... Well, yeah. 
What do you think? So I'm, I'm kind of asking the lot of question here. What do you think is coming in the 2020 update? Ty, you dropped out, man. Yeah, I think you dropped. Yeah, what the hell's going on this morning? All right. Um, what do you think is coming in the 2020 update? The big one. <clears throat> so, making the obvious guess based on the 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 legendary leak or whatever you want to call it, where a lot of information was uh, was apparently leaked. I think by now we can be pretty sure to say that we're gonna see some kind of uh, increase to activities on planets, most likely base building. And most likely will, uh, will include some uh, some space legs. We can get out of our spaceships and, and walk around. Exactly how that's going to be implemented. Are we going to see our first-person shooter aspect of, uh, of Elite all of a sudden? Um, I don't know. Is this going to be more industrial-focused? Um, personally, I would love that. But I think I'm pretty sure that we're going to see uh, a lot of stuff happening on planets, uh, planet surfaces. Especially if you also go look at the, some of the job titles, some like uh, job offers from GSL up on their homepage. Mm -hmm. uh, a while back, they were looking for someone to write an AI to drive vehicles around a procedurally generated planet in a game with over 4 billion star systems. So you think to yourself, hmm, I wonder what game that could be. <laughs> um, <laughs> and when you then say, okay, so why would they need AIs to drive vehicles around on a planet's surface? Well, obviously there must be some and that could point towards base building, I think, or at least a lot more activities on uh, on uh, planet side, I think. I'm sorry for your confusion there, Astro. You didn't know uh, planet uh, planet coaster is having a massive expansion of new stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be. It could be that I'm wrong. I'm just making a guess that <laughs> it could be lead. That we're I'm hiring. Gonna, I'm going to go ahead and say you might be right on that one. Yeah. You know, just a wild guess. You know the thing. The thing about it for me is like, I'm. I would love to be able to kind of like stake your plot. This is my base, and then build it mm -hmm. up, and then be able to like like have a mining base or something that basically makes money for me. I don't have to really do anything. It just I just gotta go sell the stuff, you know. And the thought crossed my mind that maybe they're gonna have on the ground trade routes that you could like hire some NPC personnel to to drive from some SRV trucks from point A to point B. What I hope they will do is they will take all the existing commodities and materials in the game, like the stuff we can mine, um, and they will create a whole industry around that. Not necessarily a player-to-player -player market with a, like a more realistic market, but we have all these commodities that you can, can buy on the market, and they have no use they're just there and you can trade them you can buy them one station you can transport them and you can sell them at another station but if we could suddenly have let's say i've been out mining and rather than just going to a station and selling the raw materials outright i could fly them to my industrial base somewhere and that could be then reprocessed and i could begin building other materials like harvesting equipment or personal weapons or whatever it is that that you want to build what commodity you want and i can then take that to a station and then maybe sell that for profit and then hopefully it would then be valued more than the original materials because they spent some more time refining and reprocessing it something like that i think would be really cool so it would essentially be like a, a satisfactory slash factorial light kind of thing they would add where we would have different manufacturing buildings and that kind of stuff so you would have to 
balance your, uh, your your manufacturing line and make sure you keep it fed with materials and stuff like that. There's also a good reason to keep people in the game because they want to keep the factory running. In which yeah. case you could have a valid, so you could have sort of multifaceted bases. You could have some bases that are like resource extraction sites where they're pulling out a mineral or whatever, and then other bases which are production sites where you're taking those minerals and you're combining them together with existing pieces and blueprints obtained somehow some way to make factory products which then you have to you know make regular pickup and delivery to go sell your product exactly and you would have from on multiple planets we have to fly between the different planets and transport it and i i personally would enjoy that a lot and giving that uh, that a group like the hot truckers uh, exists i think a lot of other people would like to have uh, have a similar thing where they can just like ferry stuff around between the different manufacturing sites i don't know if that's the direction they're going but i have my hopes yeah yeah, yeah cool. I, I i gotta tell you i'm i'm of the mindset that if they're gonna do if they're gonna put bases in they're gonna have to have some sort of storage mechanic and some sort of manufacturing mechanic and i don't know what that'll yeah. be like but you know, to be honest with you, I'm a little worried about it because I don't want this game to turn into, uh, for lack of a better example, Eve, where it's all kind of focused around that. But there's some cool things there too, you know? Yeah, but I don't think... Yeah, I, I, I get where you're coming from, that you, that you don't want it to turn into an industrial game. Um, and I'm not sure if that's going to be the only focus in the next update. I would, I would be surprised if they focused so hard on one feature that that's the only thing you could do that could potentially be other things you could uh, you could do as well but i still don't think even if we have that that it would turn into something like eve because we still don't have player to player trading and uh, yeah i agree they would have to invent some kind of storage mechanics where we can store things other than in our ship's cargo hold mm -hmm. um, i don't see that being too hard and i'm pretty sure they will have to do that with fleet carriers anyway for them to make sense with the support ships they've been talking about so with with all of the 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 talk on eve i played eve for years and i i enjoyed eve but it is spreadsheets in space the game it's not uh, mm -hmm. first and foremost a space flying game it, it's a whole different experience and i don't think that this game could ever become that uh, just based off of everything that currently exists within it and on top of that <clears throat> i think you're right uh astro when you say like you know that's not the only flavor there's other things they're doing if you look at it so that's you know the eve aspect of production and base building and whatever is one aspect that we're looking at another aspect that we have to factor in based on the fact that you know they were talking about basically first person shooters with thargoids or whatever from the leaks or whatever the other, so if the two new sort of competing factors you have are some Eve-like stuff and some Fortnite reskinned with Thargoids type stuff, please God, give me more Eve and less Fortnite. Yeah, <laughs> I would agree. Yeah, definitely for sure. Well, so let me switch gears for just a minute here um, because I want I, I want to knock these two out. So last night when we were talking with um, Edelweiss. And we got we got on the uh, subject of Raxla. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> let me ask you this: Number one, do you think Raxla is actually in the game? Oh, uh, I'm beginning to have my doubts. Yeah. Um. I mean, we have had 
over the years, many people who've come out and said, I found it, I know where it is, but I'm not going to tell you. And and frankly, I, I don't think that's the case. I don't think anybody's actually found it and just managed to, I mean, why would you keep something like that a secret? Yeah. Um, so I don't think it's, it necessarily has been found. And there's been a lot of conflicting information over the years. There is, of course, the uh, the by now well-known quote um, by, where uh, was it Braven himself who said that, yes, it is in the game and we know where it is. But then you also, in this same leak that we talked about earlier, it was also stated in like a small footnote all the way at the bottom. I got a small addition. Oh, by the way, Raxa doesn't exist kind yeah. of thing. Um, so just mystery people are, are trying to uh, are trying to find i so i really don't know but i'm beginning to have my doubts whether it's actually there at all i've seen you do some very cool uh i've seen like two or three different videos that you've done on it the one that i very much enjoyed uh not that the others weren't good but the one that i most enjoyed was finding racks left through science and you went through a program using all of the lists of the old game systems and then mm-hmm you know cross-referencing it to the current game systems and then making like a list of things to go and check out and i find that i i did find that quite enjoyable it was one of those i mean there's a lot of different theories that are being posted with people like saying oh if you look at that constellation from that system and then if you take those numbers and you swap them around all this letters and swap it around you get something and then like through like five steps they get to something that vaguely resembles Raxla. and it's always like oh that's a deep deep rabbit hole to go down beginning to explore something like that but when someone put forth the like idea have anybody ever just taken all this original systems because if if Raxler was in the original game have anybody ever just taken that list of cross references with the system that exists in league and i thought you know what that's a task i can do and I can do fairly well and fairly quickly. <laughs> so I sat down, I did that, posted the list, and then just left it to the Raxa searcher community to use it for whatever they felt like. Yeah, that um, was David. That was, uh, sorry, Drew Wagar on his stream. He yeah, that was right. Posited yeah. the idea and then you ran with it. Yeah. yeah. I think he just speculated about it and then I said, you know what? I can do that. And yeah. You, know, you weren't the only one that I, I spent the majority of, of, uh, 2016 I, I was playing <clears throat> excuse me I was playing elite but I wasn't playing elite because all I was doing is looking for Raxla and I was I was kind of doing or maybe it was 2017 I can't remember now but anyway I, I, I was uh, I, I, I did all that where I went through and I'd, I cross-reference all the systems from the from the novella and the original game and went through all the things to try to figure out where Raxler was, I'm convinced that you remember back. Um, did, you, did you ever take the time to go see Voyager, like in the Soul System? Mm-hmm. I did. So you remember back in the day where you had to fly toward I can't remember what star it was. You had to fly toward this star for so long, and then you turn left and you go toward this star, and you know you had to do all you had to do triangulation of actually trying to find it. You know. Yeah. Um, I think that that I think. I think if it's in the game, I think that's how you have to find it. And yeah, I think that you have... you have to go to the system and you have to fly out so far. And it's it's not uh, findable by the FSS scanner. Um, but so I, I narrowed it down to what I believe is one particular system. And I flew through the system, 
what I consider all the ways that are possible to fly through the system. I mean, I, I left my thing, my computer running overnight and then woke up at four o'clock by an alarm so I could make the turn I needed to turn at, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I've, I've spent a lot of time trying to find it. And I eventually, I want to say I've given up. It's one of those things where I'm like, all right, I'm tabling this cause I'm not convinced it's in the game. I'm really not. It's either a, not in the game or B, well, I, I think there's three possibilities. One is not in the game. Two, it's not accessible. Like it's 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 in a permit lock system, yeah. or or three, uh, there's we don't have nowhere near enough information to find it beyond what they've said. Something because they've said something along along the lines like we're not giving you any more hints. We've already given it. We've already given all the hints. And. I don't, I don't know what to think about that. I, I, it feels like a goose chase at this point, you know? Yeah, that's that's why I never really dive too much into it. With, if somebody, if sometimes when people come up with like a, a good idea and it's something that's kind of down my alley, that's, that's easy for me to do. If I can write a script or something that solves that problem, sure thing, I'll I'll give it a go and then I'll leave it up to uh, to the Raxler Hunters who, uh, to take it from there. But I mean, in that it. case, in that case, it's not like you're doing it in a sort of a sincere hunt for the thing itself so much as this is good content. I can do a thing that will be interesting for people to discuss. And then you put it out there and let the world deal with it. Exactly. Yeah. I, I've, I've stated all along and I continue to state frontier development would not lie about this. They say Raxla is in the game. I 100% accept and believe as gospel Raxla is in the game. However, they never, they said literally their words on it was it's in the game and we frontier know where it is. Mm. So let me give you an example. <clears throat> the moon is permit locked. There's all kinds of systems all over the place that are permit locked. Uh, you could say, you know, we know that from the lore of elite dangerous that there was the first quote unquote alien artifact that was ever encountered or whatever was it was, I forget if it was on the moon or on Mars, it was on one of the two Mars. And it's something that is still classified today that the, the Federation or the, um, yeah, the Federation. the Federation will not discuss or let people know about. So was that a Guardian site thing? Was that a, a, a Thargoid thing? Was that something to do with Raxla? For all we know, like for them, let's say, for example, because Rex, Raxla is, is, is rumored, quote unquote, to be like, uh, it, it's they said it's a planet it's a gateway it's an idea so if it's all three of these things and the middle one if it's a gateway let's say raxla is a gateway to the andromeda galaxy and let's say i'm david braben and i want to say like okay <clears throat> i i fully plan on raxla being found when i'm ready to come out with you know when i'm ready to end elite dangerous and come out with just elite or elite deadly or like at some point along when i say i'm going to do a new expansion and that expansion is you travel through this gateway into the next galaxy and then you know that's paid content that's a different thing it's there i can say it's at geosite four on this planet but until the day comes that i flip the switch it's only you know from your end it's only geosite four and the second but i know it's there it's true it is there it exists but the second i flip the switch and a patch comes out you know the next day somebody you know within the next week someone's going to scan it and go holy shit i found this thing yeah <clears throat> so so we were we were we were talking about this as well like right now 
if you look at the galaxy map, you can see what I believe is Andromeda Galaxy, uh, mm -hmm. kind of nearby. But there's no way to plot to it. Nope. Is is are there rogue stars in between galaxies? Yes, but okay. they would be spread out so far that it would be way out of our jump range. So we're not talking like 300, 400 light years. We're talking no, like thousands. No. Yeah, it, tens of thousands. Okay, so... See, so it, yes, they're there, but no, you can't jump it. Okay. So those would be those would be the, the uh, stellar outcasts. And Hubble has some pictures of those. Yes. Yeah. No, not of the rogue stars. It's more of the, 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 thing, the thing about the double the deep sky images. Um, but that's that's mainly galaxies. I don't think we ever had a direct image of uh, um, of rogue stars between galaxies. Because if it's a single star, it would be so far away and would be so dim that we wouldn't be able to to spot it easily. I think. Yeah. But if you ever seen a simulation, there's there's plenty up there around. Otherwise, go to like Universe Sandbox or something and look at the simulation of what will happen when the Milky Way and the Andromeda Galaxy collides. There will be stars flung all over the place, and some of them will receive, will get accelerated up to escape velocity and and escape that new merged galaxy, and they will be rogue stars. So yes, they they are out there, but nowhere near dense enough that you would with the jump bridges we have jump between them. Well, let me ask you. So this this that was my first science question. My second science question <laughs> is, and I, I've done some looking around, and. I'm 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 a sci-fi nerd, and I will believe pretty much any universe that you want to make, so long as you exist inside your rules. Do we know the science behind how the hell the FSD works, or is there any lore as to how it works? Um, so this the the science behind most faster than light travel always revolves around some version of warp drive. Um. And they call it frameshift drive, but I mean, a warp drive is that you make this, uh, the theory at least is you make this uh, essentially bubble uh, behind you. So imagine you have a static bubble around your ship. And instead of you trying to travel to the location, you just compress space in front of you and expand space in front uh, behind you. So it would be closer to like, if, if you're standing on like, imagine a, a long rubber band and it's already stretched out a little bit, but you take a certain fixed section of the rubber band where your ship is at and you drag it along the rubber band and you drag the rubber band so that the rubber band behind it gets expanded and the one in front of it gets contracted. That's kind of the idea behind a, a frame shift drive. So that you bend space rather than move your ship. Um, and I am not a hundred percent sure about the law um, around that. The, I haven't dived too much into law around frameshift drives. I know they had one of the earliest versions with these cloud drives, which mm -hmm. are still being used on capital ships. Yeah. Um, but that's about so, it. So my understanding of the lore, and I've done a little research into this, the lore in game is specifically, specifically vague on purpose on how frameshift drive works. And part of the thing, this is going back at old Sagittarius I uh, articles and different things, there is a theory, at least, there is a conspiracy theory, whatever you want to call it, that within the lore of the game, <clears throat> there was this group called the Club, and they were made up of these shadowy people behind the scenes that are pulling strings. And at one point, I think there's supposed to be a lot of old power hitters from Galcop before it went under, 
and a, and a group of other people, but they've inf they've uh, what do you call it uh, infiltrated both the Federation, the well, the, the Alliance, and the Empire, and that it, the lore is that there was people within the Alliance that had been meeting with the Thargoids some time ago and had had some kind of exchange of information, and that that's why out of nowhere we went from the the old drives which were sort of unsafe and for any ships that are like less large than the massive capital ships were very very unsafe many ships were lost that all of the sudden in 3300 we just got this new drive that was an amazing so within the lore of the game this isn't like we've always had fsd drives and you know ho-hum this is just a snapshot of life as it is this is a exponential rocket ship of our technology forward that it you know so 3299 we didn't have any of these capabilities 3300 the galaxy shifted immensely for us and i i think the implication is supposed to be that there's a lot more to our history with the thargoids than we're being told and that the frameshift drive either through some kind of voluntarily exchange of information or captured technology that's where we got that leap from but but from that perspective why would the thargoids then still be using what looks to be similar to cloud drive technology because when they jump they still create this cloud yeah yeah well they have also other capabilities like you know there's suspicion like the fact that they can interdict us in the middle of an fsd jump they mm. clearly are operating under a different set of systems and i think you might end up finding, you know, that they sort of more exist naturally within which space or whatever. Mm. But this, that, this is all conjecture. So, so, well, I, I'm, I'm of the mindset. I think that Thargars aren't of this universe. I think they're from another dimension, for lack of a better way to put it. I think they're from which space, and I think that when we started crossing into which space or hyperspace. I think that's when they're like, all right, you guys are in our space. You got to get out. You're hurting us somehow. And I think that's, I think that the Federation and the empire know that, but they don't really care. They're, they'd rather fight them, but that's yeah, just lore, just lore stuff. So let me ask you this. So I, I know you got a, I know you got a vet and I no. don't remember seeing a cutter anywhere. Do you have oh, a cutter? Yeah. You do? Okay. I think I have three or four of them. <laughs> gold Crap. digger. His, his, one of his most famous oh, trips ever. Oh, yeah. Brain fart. Yeah, yeah. yeah I knew I, ha I, knew. I, have the, I have the gold digger, which is a cutter. And a while back, I did the diamond cutter, mm -hmm. which was the ship designed to hunt NPC mining ships for, for loads of diamonds. Yeah. Uh, and I have one just stripped down and filled with cargo racks for doing merits and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. Now I watched that video just the other day and had a brain fart on it. Sorry. <laughs> he just, so here's the thing: you got to understand, uh, Astro. Ty is a thousand percent a Federation fanboy, so he <laughs> just edits out of his brain anything that says the cutter is good. He is only about that vet life. That's that's our boy Ty. Got it. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: if the Alliance comes up with a large chieftain-looking ship. That's got the kind of the power of the uh, vet. I'll jump ships real quick, man. Because I love the way the chieftain looks. So, I've I've said it before, and I, I'll say it again. 
we have the Federation, which is Federation rep, the ultimate combat ship. We have, uh, you know, Empire rep, the the cutter, which is the ultimate trader ship. I want the Alliance to have faction rep, and I want them to have the ultimate exploration ship, a large, dedicated exploration ship that can just do things even better than the Conda. Yeah. So crap, crap, hard point, good FSD, mediocre internals. I would like to see, Go. you know what I would like to see? I would like to see a, uh, a special, uh, yeah, like crap hard points, 100%, extra better like senses, special built-in senses. And I would like to see a large, uh, a large, uh, what do you call it, uh, fighter bay that has a different kind of a fighter. It has an SLF that has sensors, no weapons, and has the ability to drop in on a planet and deploy an SRV. I was about to say, I, I mean, the problem with the big ships are that they, they're a pain to land on planets. So like, if that could send down a small shuttle with an SRV on board, that would be amazing. Yeah. Then... Well, let me ask you this real quick. What, what do you... If you were going to go back and rewind and be with Frontier and you could change one thing about the initial design of it, of, of Elite, what, what would you change? Mm, I, I think I would like to have had a player economy, yeah. right? Player-to-player -player trading. So I, it, I, I think that would add a lot to the game. Uh, and it has its downsides, of course. But... It would also add so much more to the game. So if you wanted to help someone out with their whatever unlocking engineer, you wouldn't have to sit and jettison stuff into space. They would pick it up and it's a bit of a pain. And it would encourage people a lot more to play together, I think. Yeah. If you had a, an actual player economy, you could trade things between ships without jettisoning it into space. Um, are you kind of in the mindset that power play should be only applicable in open? I th I could see there could be a need for some activities that could be open only. Whether it should be power play or something completely different, um, I don't know. But I know there's a lot of communities who who want to have some open only activities, and power play would be would be definitely be a good candidate. Uh, I don't know how active the power play communities are, how many people are actively doing power play, other than just you know doing your four weeks, run your merits, get your weapon, and then get out kind of things um but personally uh, i don't know power play has never really appealed much to me um and but I, there's definitely a, a a significantly sized player group who would like to see something like that so sure yeah if they were to say if they were to say that they wanted to make a change saying power play and bgs influence like you can still do solo runs for rep you can do solo runs for material gain you can do solo runs for money but if you are in solo or private group you cannot get influence would you be for that yeah i mean that will it will if you do it with bgs it would mean there would be a lot of the minor active minor factions in the game that would stop their activities i think um especially some of the smaller ones where you know it's just like one guy and two of his mates who's made a faction and now they're just you know running missions for that just for the fun of it 
and they just want to like play for themselves so that, that would be something would, would definitely take something away from the game by doing that but i can also see the point in in it but i don't know i mean they made elite with the uh, with solo play in mind and beginning to take existing things out of of that solo play experience i'm i'm not sure and i mean the point is i i one of the arguments for putting this into open only would be well you can could attack another player faction from solo play but it's already cross-platform i mean if you do bts on xbox or playstation it still affects the bts running on pc mm. and if someone's running bts in on playstation or xbox they can run as much open as they want you're still not going to be able to do anything about it. So if they want to do something like that, they would have to go all the way, I think, and say it has to be cross-platform. Like, we have to be able to enable cross-platform play before that makes any kind of sense to me when it comes to BGS, at least. That's a good point, yeah. Well, you know, something to keep in mind, um, with the last round of the AP, or the, the Sony PlayStation API updates, they have fully enabled cross-play for the developers. So... Is more just a situation where, and I think Microsoft did this not too long ago, so we're in a situation where it's really just a developer barrier at this point. Um, I'm, I'm of the mindset that when, I don't think they're going to do it for the PlayStation uh, 4 or the Xbox. I think we'll see it for uh, the next generation consoles, the 5 and whatever the hell they call the, ne the new uh, Xbox. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that the fact that we don't have cross-play in, in Elite this has nothing to do with Frontier not wanting to, or, or, but I think it was simply just, uh, I'm, with a, I'm not sure, but I think it was been Sony who simply just like blocked it and said, nope, mm -hmm. can't do that. Uh, Microsoft, pretty sure they would be open to uh, to do cross-platform between Xbox and, uh, and, and PC, but I could also see why Frontier didn't want to leave the PlayStation players out uh, out on their own. I mean, imagine if we had cross-play between Xbox and PC, but PlayStation was just left to play on their own uh, own version of the game. Uh, then I, I would definitely say it's a, it's a better solution to say, well, the different consoles are all separate and PlayStation from, uh, from, from PC. But uh, there has been more... So more and more games have been allowed to enable cross-platform play. So I definitely think it's something we could see. Whether it's something they're going to retrofit into Elite, I'm not so sure. But I sure would like to see it. Retrofitting, it seems like a difficult move. But there's nothing to say with something when they're doing a brand new engine update or whatever, like in 2020, paid content possibly, that that, that couldn't be a thing. Maybe, yeah. I mean... So you would so you would end up in a situation either you give that for for free or you would end up in a situation where the people who decide to continue playing on Horizons only without the new paid update they can't do cross platform play, but the people who do buy the update they can do and then how do you manage that? that that's... So so regardless of so they're gonna okay whatever content they have with the 2020 paid update there are going to have to be some overall system engine changes that even if you don't buy the paid update, quote unquote, you still get that aspect. You just don't get the other stuff. Like they're going to have to upgrade the engine for everyone, whether or not you buy into the paid upgrade, I, I believe. And then from there, just if you want to like in horizon or in, in, in yeah, horizons, there were bits to the overall game engine that were just upgraded that everyone got whether or not mm. they 
actually access a planet or 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 you know access an engineer just the fact that they are existing in the universe means that everyone had to have some updates in the background it's likely that if they did an upgrade that everybody hope at least then everybody would get it it yeah. makes the most sense so on, on on other things from the 2020 paid update do you think we'll get be getting atmospheric landings no I don't think we're going to see atmospheric landings yet. And if we do, I still see atmospheric landing being a multi-step thing. Um, because of this sheer scope of what they would have to do to make atmospheric landings. We're talking all of a sudden they would have to put procedurally generated, like for some of them, if they have life on it, they would have to have like, how do you deal with, with like, plants and what about all the inhabited worlds you would have to generate cities with people and they would have to feel somewhat natural and more than just us being able to fly above them we also have to be able to land to walk around all the buildings that they have built different architectures it's a huge task so i would see this as being a multi-step thing where oh. they probably start with something like introducing the atmospheric flight mechanics probably on like gas giants so we could dive into the atmosphere of those have some activities around that that would introduce the whole heat mechanic and see how the whole thing performs with having the ships fly in atmospheres then they would probably move on to something like atmospheric barren worlds so you have an atmosphere but there's nothing on the planet like mars-like planets where there's enough of an atmosphere that it's annoying. and But there's nothing on the planet. It's still just a barren rock with the usual sites that we have. And then slowly begin, gradually begin to add more and more like interesting planet. But just one update saying, here you go. We can now begin to explore thousands and thousands of cities across the populated space. Don't think that's going to happen in, uh, in just one update. Do you think we'll be getting ice planets with the 2020 update? <laughs> Yes, if not before. Oh, interesting. Please elaborate. But Ice Planet was introduced or was, was announced together with the fleet carriers and has always seemed to be part of the whole, like, that whole uh, beyond package of updates. Uh, yet we haven't seen it now. I think what they're doing is they're taking the update to Ice Planets like, and doing it to all the different types of planets and that if they, that's what they're doing then they might introduce that in the 2020 update but it wouldn't hurt to say hey let's say a few months before that update here you go here are ice planets just to test their new shader just to test whatever they're doing on planets that it actually works so if something is broken then they only break ice planets they don't break every single landable planet in the game um <laughs> So kind of do a, a, a stepped release where they're just going to try things out. I mean, they have done that in the past um, a lot. Uh, one of my favorite examples is with uh, when fighters were introduced. Fighters came not that long before and the Thargoids were suddenly returned into the game. Right. And I'm, I'm pretty sure the reason why we got fighters is not only it's, it's a cool feature, it's, it's, a, it's a nice addition to the game, but it also allowed them to experiment with how it worked having one ship being tied to a, a kind of a mothership, right? The whole thing don't have to do with the Tharkons. Um, so I think that's kind of a way that it could kind of test some of that technology, see how it worked, and then kind of reuse some of it for the Tharkons. Yeah. Do you think 
do you think that our existing ships will be used for some of these, let's say, light atmosphere and then later in a future whatever release full atmosphere landings? Or do you think that there will be new ships introduced that are specifically designed to be atmospheric ships and that and that or do you think some of our current ships will work and some won't? I think if some works, I think all of them will work. I don't think we're going to see just a subset of them working. Um, whether they are going to work, I mean, a lot of them do have what looks like tail fins. Uh, and that makes no sense in space. So I don't see why not. I mean, they're not specifically aerodynamic. Uh, they don't really have wings or anything to keep them uh, keep them afloat in the atmosphere. But... I don't think they're going to introduce a whole new section of ships just to land on uh, on atmospheric worlds, unless it's going to be a shuttle kind of thing, uh, as we talked about before. Do you think we might get a new type of ship that is a sort of, whether it's a ship or an SLF variant or whatever, that is specifically designed for the core mechanic of gas giant mining? If they if they do the planetary landing that would be a they do it as as we talked about earlier with the with a step release then that would be a natural way to go saying hey you can now harvest gas from um from gas giants um and it could be i mean it could be a fun a fun little mini game where you would have to try and navigate both ensure you don't dive too deep because if you go too deep well you can scoop stuff faster or mine stuff faster but you're also going to overheat quicker so it would kind of be like a heat management, like you want to heat up as much as you okay, go as deep as you can to get as much as you can without overheating. And while you do that, you have to fly towards the areas that has the type of gas you look. I mean, I could see that being being an interesting activity um, to try and, uh, and mine gas like that. But I think maybe they would, no, I don't know. I think if they had to, do, to add more than just mining, um, I don't know, potentially, but I think it would be okay if it was part of, like, it wasn't a main feature in a patch. It was just like a, oh, by the way, here's planetary mining, or uh, uh, gas giant mining. Mm. Well, we just hit an hour, and um, I don't know. Oh, wanna... wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh. You gotta, you gotta, if, if you will allow us to, I don't know what your schedule is, and if you're busy, that's completely fine, but I I'm a kid in a candy store. I have so many things I want to pick your brain on. Do you have a little more time or do you need to? Yeah, we can, we can keep going for a bit. Okay. So I, I gotta, I gotta push for it guys. Much no, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so, all right. <clears throat> uh, one of your videos that I really, really liked you were, I guess you were walking to the train station from work or you were walking through the park at lunch or whatever. You were like mm -hmm. walking through a park and you were having this amazing discussion uh, there's two that you had recently. I don't think this one was on Beetlejuice. I think this one was on the search for the ninth planet and like updates yeah. of real world NASA stuff that's coming on. Um, can you tell us, uh, like, so your background, I, I know I mangled it when I tried to describe it to people. Uh, you know, your background in astrophysics is, is, is just staggering to me or whatever, you know? Tell us a little bit of your thoughts of, of um, just just what's going on in the galaxy and things that are happening between Betelgeuse, the ninth planet, anything you want. Just just tell us some. The the main topic that's been up lately is of course the whole Betelgeuse that suddenly dimmed. 
Um, and I think it was also somebody asked it doing a, a live stream and we, we briefly talked about it there. And I think the the fact that you see a, a star like Beetlejuice, which is at the end of its life cycle, when things change in terms of a star life instantly like that, I mean, a, when we see a dim in the luminosity of a star like that, um, within our lifetime, that is basically instant in the star's life. Um, that means that something is going on. I haven't dived too much into the exact cause of, of, of what has been done, like in terms of following up uh, on on the um, on the cause of this. But if it is actually the stars suddenly dimming, um, it could potentially mean that that something is about to happen. About being that could be anywhere between tomorrow and in ten thousand years. So, but exactly what? Well, I'm not going to say it's going to go nova, but I wouldn't mind having a having to see a supernova that close uh, in my lifetime because that's just that, that's not just a once in lifetime. That is like once in the age of a species kind of thing. I would I would kill to see it because I've read where supposedly it'd be almost as bright as a full moon and you'll be able to see it during the day. Mm. And it's, it'll be bright. Yeah, and and so. The gamma ray burst, we're not in a situation where its poles are near us where we have to worry about the gamma ray burst, right? I don't think so, no. I would I would I don't think we'd be, be too affected by um um by the jets. Yeah, that, so, that that's terrifying to me. <laughs> all life, everything all right. just gets evaporated. <laughs> so another one of the benefits of your stream, and I, I got to take a second to call it out. Another one of the benefits of your your stream and your YouTube videos, which are amazing, uh, is Dunkle Aura. I am a fan <laughs> of that guy, man. Yeah, yeah, Dunkle Aura is a great guy. It's actually he's been he's been with the with the channel for for a very long time, and. Uh, and it was actually a fun thing. He so way way back, like say half a year or a year ago or something. I used to use a a program to do all the the automatic posting and like post links for Discord and and all those kind of things. And after some some trial and error, I I figured out that that was giving me some problems when the the chat insert on my stream would crash during live streams. So all of a sudden the chat would stop updating, and I had to go in manually and refresh it. And I, I'm not watching the, my own live stream while I'm, I'm, I'm streaming, so I couldn't see it until people suddenly notified me and said, "Oh, your stream, your, your chat is not working on screen," and I went and I, I, I refreshed it. So after that seems to have been the issue, I stopped using it, and then <laughs> Dongle Orange just pretty much just began on his own to post links for like whenever I was talking about Discord, he would post a link to Discord. Um, and like as I said, he's he's been part of the channel's community for for a very long time. So I just like messaged him and said, "Hey, like, awesome! If you want to do this, uh, I'm I'm not expecting that you show up for every single stream, but if you're there, feel free to post." I've and then I enabled, of course, so he got uh, moderator rights to uh, to post links and that kind of stuff. Um, I, I so I'm a fan of your your whole show of everything about it, like your whole your your channel and. You know the different things so i i'm 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 an old school fanboy you know i got you know i'm with carlos the whole nine yards but i i need there to be a shirt or a mug in the merch store that says you know dunkalora is my homeboy or something <laughs> i'll have to talk to him about that probably that would be that would be and then and then of course you have to have the carlos on the side there 
Yeah, not hitting know. Carlos in the corner. For sure, <laughs> man. For sure. So I, I know that this is probably going to sound so dumb to everybody because it's like I'm. I, I feel like in, in the community, you're you're 10 times larger than us. But for the people that hear this show and, and there's it's it's growing, it's a good amount of people that's listening to it now. Uh, I want to encourage everyone. You have to go to down to earth astronomy site on YouTube. Check out his videos. Um, me personally, and I want to put in a shameless plug here. I, I am such a massive fan of your colonia channel sort of uh content you've got an alt parked in colonia and you just even the visit out to get there it's just this long sort of rambling trip it's not like every every everything in this game and there's so many videos and content creators where it's like okay i jump here i jump here i jump here and i made it in 42 minutes and hurrah but like you're just like you're going, you're sightseeing, you come across stellar phenomena and you're like, oh, that's interesting. Let me look this up. And then you tab over to like a NASA site and you're pulling up stuff and you're like, okay, this works like this or that works like that. <laughs> and and I just, and your, your trip, your guy that's out in Colonia doing things, it's, I love that you made the conscious choice to not say, okay, I've got these 17 guides all prepped and I'm going to do this the quickest way and this the quickest way. You said, like, I'm going to give the viewers an experience of what it's like to be out in Colonia without the guides. Because the whole point of you doing it is everything in the bubble you already know. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you went out there to get a new game, a whole new fresh game. Colonia is a whole new elite. And you went out there and looked at it from that standpoint. And you, you're taking no shortcuts. You're just organically going through the entire process in a in a very very cool i feel like new player friendly way but also for people who are very you know into the game and know all of the things it's 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 very very entertaining to me so i want to put a big plug for for more colonia content as well definitely i will i mean i i really enjoy those colonia videos because even though, i mean they are so different to make from what i do when i do but like bubble videos or videos from like guys back from the bubble because those often i mean they're not i don't script my videos uh i i have bullet points and then i just go from one bullet point to the next and if i don't like the way that bullet point came out i'm just going to redos or redos and redos until i i get something that i like but the colonial stuff is a lot more uh, raw i would say i'm I'm not putting not even bullet points. I have basically a headline saying I want to go to this system. I want to see what's in there, and then we just take it from there. Um, the whole idea behind those videos was to have kind of a, a a little bit like a live stream, but like cut down to ten minutes. So it's it's that we just go out, we do some things, and we don't want what, what we're gonna head into, but we just take it as it comes. And if I end up crashing into a planet like I did in the last video, then well, that's part of the video now. <laughs> um so yeah so it's 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 very different and it's nice sometimes just to be able to sit down and say okay i'm just going to do a colonial video today and i don't know what i'm going to do but let's see what's the nearest bookmark that i haven't visited yet <laughs> and the the last thing i'm going to say is everyone you absolutely must start your week for me this is when my week starts monday morning i pull it up and i see hello dave i see down to earth astronomy's this is the weekend elite and he covers everything that's worth covering. So um, thank you very much for that. 
Thank you very much for being so gracious with your time and coming and visiting with us. I encourage every last one of our listeners, go check out his content. There is something for everyone. Thank you for letting me ramble and 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 even keep you past the time, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. I've enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. I I, I mean, um, like I said, I, I haven't listened to you very long, but you have quickly become a uh, a hero of mine. And you joining us on my little show is is great. And uh, I can't thank you enough. But thank you guys. <clears throat> thank you okay. for joining us. And I'm going to stop the recording now. So. Thank you guys very much.